Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Come to us, JP! Hey, yo, 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 bring it in. Hey, this is the moment right here. This is the moment we all been waiting for, dog. This is our moment, man. We're going to protect this with everything you know. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have wrapped up the 10th day of 2021 training camp. We are just nine days away from opening up the preseason against the Cincinnati Bengals, and you are listening to Season 1, Episode 5 of the Believe in Bucks podcast. What's up, everyone? My name is Evan Winner, your host. You can find me on Twitter at Evan underscore Winner. You can find my written work on BucksReport.com. And please be sure to not only just check out this podcast, but all of the other just wonderful, the multitude of wonderful podcasts that the Believe Podcast Network has to offer on Believe.com. You can also check out the Twitter handle at Believe Podcast, and you can get all of this wonderful content on iTunes, Spotify, all your major podcast uh, distributors, you know, whatever all of it is. There's just so much out there to list it. But hey, wherever it is, we believe are there. I hope. All of you that are listening are doing well. It's been about a week since we all last checked in. I left y'all on about day three, day four of Bucks training camp, and a lot has obviously happened between then. But the most recent news and the most relevant news as well has to be the Bucks giving Todd Bowles his three year extension on Wednesday. I'm recording this podcast on Thursday, August 5th, at about 8:12 Central Time. That's because I'm out of Nashville, Tennessee. So about 9:15 Eastern Time for all you Tampa Bay loyal listeners and the East Coast folks. But regardless, the news broke Wednesday, yesterday, August 4th, and really it wasn't a surprise. However, it was still very reassuring and also just a, a wonderful development when it comes to continuity and keeping the core of this team together. And that's been the theme of this offseason for the Buccaneers, obviously making history by returning all 22 starters, several key depth players, but now they're extending the coaching staff. I mean, when you go back and look at uh, turnover rate for the coaching staff, the Bucks only lost one guy this offseason, and that was Antoine Randall-L, uh, the wide receivers coach from last year. And obviously, yes, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, receiver, all that good stuff. Um, awesome, awesome player back in the day. But regardless, I mean, he was the Andrew Adams of the offseason, except for, you know, coaching staff-wise. Um, and even then, Andrew Adams was a depth player. So, I mean, you know what I'm saying. Just let's, let's, let's not get all into technicalities and all that good stuff. But regardless, um, very little turnover. And now the Bucks, even though they're not precluding Todd Bowles from taking another head coaching job if it is offered. And for those out there who don't know what preclude means, it means that if Todd Bowles is offered a head coaching job that he likes, that he he likes the situation he's going into, he can take that job. So, But either way, on paper, Todd Bowles is now locked up 
throughout the 2023 season. So that is just a wonderful, wonderful development for a multitude of reasons. And hey, guess what? We're going to talk about those reasons on this podcast. Now look, obviously there's a ton of reasons why the Bucks decided to extend Todd Bowles and not only just extend him, but make him the highest paid defensive coordinator in the league. And by the way, let's just take a, a sidestep right here off, off the, the path that we're going down for just a quick second. I was doing some research and there's one source, it was called like careerpass.com or something that's saying he's getting paid $4 million a year. Don't really know if that's true or not. And obviously it's called careerpass.com. So I wouldn't put any stock into that just thought it was worth mentioning because it does somewhat tie in to the uh, report that came out back in February 4th of 2020 saying that Don Wink Martindale uh, Wink is obviously his nickname the defensive coordinator for the Ravens that he's getting paid 3.25 million dollars a year and the initial report that came out about that made him out to be the highest paid defensive coordinator in the league. Now, granted, I think it was ESPN came out with two sources who rebuffed that later on, but also said that it is confirmed that he's in the top 25% of defensive coordinators with a $3.25 million salary uh, per year. Now, obviously, quick math. 25% of 32 teams is eight. So if Don Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator for the Ravens, is in the top eight with 3.25 million, then that could easily mean Todd Bowles would be the top paid coordinator uh, with a $4 million a year salary. Regardless, we know it's more than 3.25 million. So whoop, whoop. Congratulations, Mr. Bowles. But anyways, let's get back to to the meat of uh, this conversation and this topic. So I did some digging. I did some research. And I was able to find just, you know, five solid, excellent reasons why the Bucks decided to extend Todd Bowles. Now, granted, these reasons could have nothing to do with the actual conversations that went on between Jason Light, Bruce Arians, and Todd Bowles amongst whoever else, John Spitek, even though he's director of player personnel, um, you know, uh, your Mike Greenbergs, Jackie Davisons, whoever. These are just just signs and trends that I found that would, hey, if I'm a GM, if I'm running the Bucks front office, these are good enough reasons for me to give Todd Bowles an extension and a raise as well. But anyways, and what I did also is I went back into the annals of Bucks history from 2008 to 2018, the last 10 years before Bowles' arrival. I figured that's a pretty good sample size. So that's 10 years slash 11 seasons because obviously you count the 2008 year as a season in itself, so it gives you one extra. But either way, the decade before Todd Bowles is what we're comparing Todd Bowles' first two years, 2019-2022. So, the first 
thing I noticed is the Bucks have improved each year in points allowed under Todd Bowles. From 2008 to 2018, the Bucks allowed the second most points in the NFL. That's 4,360 points through 176 games. Only the Oakland Raiders, now the Las Vegas Raiders, obviously, allowed more. That's an average of 24.7 points per game. The Bucks had the fifth worst point differential with a minus 746 over that same span. Now, there are a myriad of factors as to why Bowles couldn't get the defense out of the bottom five in terms of points allowed in 2019. Uh, the Bucks actually gave up 29 points per game in 2019. That was the fourth most in the NFL. But things changed in 2020. The Bucks finished eighth in points allowed with just 335. Overall, the Bucks have allowed an average of 25.1 points since 2019. Uh, they allowed about 20 points per game in 2020, which evened things out, obviously, from the 29 points per game uh, the year before. Now, granted, that is the 10th most points in the NFL, but 2020 showed enough improvement to where you've got to feel good about this going into 2021. Now, obviously, 30 interceptions is really going to stress your defense and going to put it in bad, a, a bunch, not just a bad, but a bunch of bad spots when it comes to defending short fields. However, here's the wild part about the whole scenario. Even though the Bucks defense allowed 29 points per game in 2019, and obviously Jameis and his 30 interceptions plus the fumbles, just all the turnover issues, the Bucks still – finished with a positive point differential in 2019 with plus nine points. Now, granted, that is a testament to the offense, but still, either way, the Bucks have a plus 137 point differential over the last two years combined, which at the end of the day, hey, that means you're outscoring your opponents, so you should be winning games, and that's one reason why they're Super Bowl champions. But another reason why the Bucks gave Todd Bowles an extension, in my opinion, is the sacks have just increased dramatically since 2019. So the Bucks, as we all know, used to have a reputation for getting after the quarterback, but that faded over the 10 years before Bowles' arrival. Uh, the defense, the Bucks defense, that is, turned in seven of its top 15 worst sack totals throughout a single season from 2008 to 2018. So that means of the 15 worst sack totals, the 15 lowest sack totals in team history, seven of those 15 came during those 11 seasons or 10 years the bucks recorded the second fewest sacks in the nfl over that same span and were over just by two sacks from tying the falcons for dead last the bucks had 340 total sacks over that span the falcons had 338 so they were right there uh, in terms of almost being the worst team in this category as well well, obviously, that's changed since Bulls has taken over. Uh, the Bucks have recorded the third and second most sack totals in a single season, respectively, in team history uh, during the first two years. They went from averaging nearly two sacks per game through 176 games to nearly three sacks per game through the last 32 games. And it's not like the Bucks were stacked with pass-rushing talent and Bulls just found a way to make things work either. I mean, think about it. Jason Pierre-Paul just ended the Bucks' 
12-year drought of not having a double-digit sack pass rusher in 2018, Gerald McCoy, the team's sack leader up until that point, you know, in terms of just relevant players over the course of their career, was cut. There was really nothing there. So Bowles had a hand in signing Shaquille Barrett and Andamakan Sue. He helped draft Devin White and Antoine Winfield Jr. And obviously, he's the architect behind the exotic defensive scheme slash various blitz packages that are so effective in this defense. A lot of the Bucks' current pass rush production not only comes from the personnel decisions that Todd Bowles helped make, It also just comes from the genius of his own mind as well. And as a result, the Bucs have the fourth most sacks in the NFL over the last two years, and they possess one of the most feared and respected front sevens in the NFL. And this all leads into Tampa Bay's elite run defense. Um, I mean, there's no other way to put it, because the Bucs have led the NFL and run defense over the last two years in a row, the the only two years under Todd Bowles as defensive coordinator in Tampa Bay. And it's obviously the easiest, most obvious reason of all of these, but the Bucks were pretty bad when it comes to defending the run prior to Bowles. They allowed the seventh most rushing yards from 2008 to 2018, the 11th highest yards per carry mark, and the fifth most rushing touchdowns. Teams also constantly found themselves moving the chains thanks to the Bucks' weak run defense, evidenced by Tampa Bay giving up the third most first downs on the ground during that time. I mean, giving up an average of 120.9 rushing yards per game isn't going to win you many games. (laughs) It's just a fact. Uh, Bowles, however, immediately strengthened the Bucks' poorest run defense in his first year. But what's even more impressive is how it carried over into his second year at the helm. The Bucks allowed just 73.8 yards per game and 3.26 yards per carry in 2019. Both of those were league best numbers, but then they led the league in both yards allowed per game and yards per carry again in 2020. As a matter of fact, the Bucks' total of 2,470 rushing yards allowed over the last two seasons is nearly 500 yards less, 493 to be exact, than the second-place New Orleans Saints, who have given up 2,963 rushing yards the last two seasons. 2019's and 2020's rushing totals represent the second and third lowest totals allowed during a single season in team history as well. So not only is Todd Bowles dialing it up and setting you know team records in terms of sacks he's also doing the same thing in terms of run defense and in terms of advanced and advanced analytics the bucks run defense is in pretty rare territory per the football outsiders almanac the bucks were the first team to lead the nfl in run defense in back-to-back seasons since the 2015 to 2016 jets and guess what bowles was the head coach of those teams too and listen to this if the Bucks lead the NFL in run defense again this year in 2021, they'll be just the second team to do so for three straight years since 1970. The Vikings from 2006 to 2008 are the only other team to do it. And then if Tampa Bay can do that this year and then also do it next year in 2022, that is, lead the league in run defense, they will just be the second team in NFL history since 1960 
to lead the league in run defense for four straight years. The Dallas Cowboys from 1966 to 1969 were the last team to do that. A big part of that success, a big reason why the Bucks were able to repeat, you know, their their just dominance at, at in run defense is because of continuity and this team being together for the last two years specifically, but also some time before that. Because if you think about it, a lot of this core has been together since 2018. Jordan Whitehead, Carlton Davis, Vita Vea, Devin White, Levante David, Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, Sean Murphy Bunting, Jamel Dean. I mean, you can keep going. Raquel Nunez-Rochez. Will Golston, so on and so forth. I mean, 11 of 12 starters for this Tampa Bay defense are entering their third straight year in Todd Bowles' defense. And then these guys who have just come in, the ones I just mentioned who came in in 2018, this is three out of their four NFL seasons have been in Todd Bowles' defense. I mean, this is their life. This is all they know. And it's really hard to keep coaching staffs together. I mean, we all know how hard it is just to keep a roster together. Well, it's just as hard to keep a coaching staff together because the opportunities to climb the ladder are just as rare and the turnover rate is just crazy stupid, just like rosters are. But the fact that Bowles can help tutor these young guys, you know, these are their developmental years, and he's going to be here throughout their entirety of their developmental years. And that means he can tailor them. He can groom them to what he needs them to do in order to be successful in this scheme. So that is such a rare thing in the NFL. And honestly, it's a big reason why a lot of players don't work out. Honestly, if there was, you know, and I'm not trying to, go all authoritarian or anything like that here but if there was some kind of system to where you know like three or four years at minimum for coaching staffs to work out now granted you you got some disasters that are just staring you down you know staring you right in the face like dan campbell and biting kneecaps <coughs> detroit but um i'm just saying like if you just gave if if you could promise the players that they're They would have good head coaches, you know, good systems, um, you know, just smart, perceptive guys showing them the way. And trust me, a lot of NFL careers would be different. Honestly, the game would probably be a lot better as well. But that's a whole other topic for a whole other day. And I know I've been talking y'all's ear off, but I'm going to wrap the episode with this last point as to why the Bucks gave Todd Bowles his three-year extension and his gigantuous raise. I, you know, obviously that's just speculation. Either way, he's the highest paid defensive coordinator in the league, so he definitely got a big raise. But either way, and look, I mean, let's be real. Todd Bowles absolutely 1,001 million, 1 trillion, 1 billion, trillion, zillion, whatever percent deserves this extension based off his overall body of work in Tampa Bay the last two years. But, I mean, come on. The Super Bowl 55 game plan was so damn good that it would have been enough justification to give just about any defensive coordinator extra years and extra dollars on their contract. I mean, we all know how bad the Titans' defense was last year. Let's just put it that way. But if they found a way, if Shane Bowen found a way 
to do what Todd Bowles did to the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 55. Shane Bowen would have at least gotten an extension. I don't know if he'd be the highest paid defensive coordinator in the league because, you know, obviously Todd Bowles was the very first assistant coach to win assistant coach of the year in 2014 when the when the award uh, was first introduced. However, something would have changed to Shane Bowles' contract. I can promise you that. Just just listen to the four biggest highlights that Todd Bowles can put on his resume from his defense's performance in Super Bowl 55 against what was supposed to be the next dynasty in the Kansas City Chiefs. Todd Bowles is the first defensive coordinator to hold the Chiefs to zero touchdowns in 54 games. That includes regular season and the playoffs with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. He's the first defensive coordinator to hold Mahomes to zero touchdowns in eight postseason games. Patrick Mahomes is now 6-2 and two in the postseason. He was 7-1 and one prior to Super Bowl 55. Todd Bowles held Patrick Mahomes to zero touchdowns in a game for just the third time during Mahomes' career, and that is not Todd Bowles holding Mahomes to that stat line for the third time, like since those two went head to head, just to be clear, that's just the third time in general during Mahomes' career. But to be one of the three times in 54 games, pretty damn impressive for Mr. Bowles. And then the Chiefs averaged 31 points per game through 46 regular season games and 34 points per game through the seven previous postseason games with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, Todd Bowles and the Bucks defense held them to just nine points in the Super Bowl. Just absolutely astounding stuff. Say what you want about the Chiefs' offensive line and how depleted they were at the time. It doesn't matter. Tampa Bay got it done. Todd Bowles found a way to get it done. And usually Patrick Mahomes can offset just about anything. He couldn't offset shit that night. And Tampa Bay has their second Super Bowl for it. Well, I mean, like I said, there are plenty of reasons why the Bucks gave Todd Bowles the three-year extension. But these these reasons that I just listed off are arguably the biggest of them all. But here's the most important thing. There's been significant on-field improvement each year, and the defense played its best ball when it mattered most, during the playoffs and in the Super Bowl. So as long as we can continue to see this improvement, we know Todd Bowles is doing his job. And honestly, based off of what the Bucks did last year and who they are returning this year, improvement this year means even better defense, which means top three, top five, maybe even just the overall best defense in the league. However, there's still plenty of work to be done when it comes to year three. But right now, you have to feel extremely good about what's going on defensively if you're the Bucks, and especially if you're a Bucks fan. Well, that'll just about do it, everyone, for episode five of season one of the Believe in Bucks podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Evan Winter. Find me on Twitter at Evan underscore Winter. Find my written work on BucksReport.com and be sure to check out this podcast along with all the other great podcasts that the Believe Podcast Network has to offer over on Believe.com. And don't forget to check out that Twitter page at Believe Podcasts and that's spelled B-L-E-A-V. 
Well, don't forget to check in next week, everyone. I'm going to have a new, fresh episode for you. Maybe even a couple. Just depends on how everything goes. But regardless, we'll be back next week to talk some bucks. But until then, everyone, stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. And go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.